Galair, and welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. Hello, Diagwitch, Bonjour, Nihao, Konnichiwa, Guten Tag, and Privyat to you all, wherever you're listening in. What started as a message to 10 clubs has now expanded to more than 50 clubs globally from all continents. The journey through Loaf 2 GA Global continues this week as we move on to our next destination in the GA world. So come with me on the GA journey of a lifetime and meet clubs from Canada to Argentina, South Africa to Gibraltar, Bermuda to the North Pole, New Zealand to Kuwait, Knoxville to Qatar and literally everywhere in between. So grab the passports, grab the bags, it's time to go. On Slice 42, I had the pleasure of chatting to local Atlanta man Mark, Westmeath man Cormac, and cabin man and chairman Ray, as we find out all about Atlanta GA in Georgia, USA. I find it all about being fans of Atlanta United, playing days with Brumbrosna and Lavi back home before playing in the States, the 1996 Olympics and Michelle Smith, Ray playing in the 1986 New York Senior Football Final with Larry Tompkins, and poor Bernard Flynn being sent off in that game, trips to Orlando, Charlotte, and beyond the competitive Southeast US division, winning at the World Games in water for 2019, hurling on the I-75 in traffic with a crowd watching, and the tough choice between Keenan and Kel or Dahi Amara. But first as always, let's take a trip through Atlanta and find out all about the city that's too busy to hate. Bon Soltos. Welcome to Atlanta, the city too busy to hate. I arrived to Hartsfield-Jackson Airport, the busiest daily airport in the world, to the sound of local men outcast. Lead man Andre 3000 was born in the city. The city itself is the capital of the beautiful state of Georgia, and the entire region is home to around 6 million people. If you've been listening to previous episodes featuring the US clubs, you will know the importance in history of the US railroad system, and Atlanta is no different. But before the modern days, it was the Creek people who operated in the area. That was of course before the Europeans arrived on the scene and forced the Creeks off their land. By 1821, the government had removed them entirely. It was in 1836 when voting brought about the plans for the railroad to help link areas like Savannah and the Midwest. It was at the origin post of the railroad that the beginnings of the city of Atlanta began. It was called Terminus, before becoming Thrasherville, and then Marthasville, before becoming Atlanta, the female version of Atlantis. Once civil war broke out, the city became vital for movement with the growing railway system. The city would also suffer a damaging four-month siege by the Union Army during that war. Mayor James Calhoun surrendered the city, and the Union Army ordered the destruction of many buildings. The city began to grow again, and in the 20th century, large buildings started to appear. Unfortunately, the coming years have been marred by huge racial tensions. 1906 saw the deaths of 27 people, but it was the murder of a young girl by a factory worker in 1913 that caused carnage. Leo Frank was sentenced to death, but had his conviction put down to life in prison by the governor. While in there, a mob broke in, took the Jewish man out and hanged him in public. Things weren't helped by the monster fire in 1917, and then as World War II was in its early days, Oscar winner Hattie McDaniel was barred from the world premiere of the famous Gone with the Wind film. You've been brave so long, Miss Scarlett. You just gotta go on being brave. Think about your Paul like he used to be. I can't think about Paul. Can't think of anything but that $300. Ain't no good think about that, Miss Scarlett. Ain't nobody got that much money. And so began the era of civil rights protesting. The 1956 football game at the Sugar Bowl was a warning sign, but it would be in the 1960s when the likes of Ralph Abernathy and one Martin Luther King Jr. would play the leadership roles in the civil rights movement. King was born in Atlanta in 1929 and went on to lead events such as the Montgomery bus boycott and the Birmingham marches. King's speeches will go down to live in history forever, not least the likes of the I Have a Dream from the Washington Monument. Sadly, King's final speech eerily foretold his own demise. Seen the promised land. 
I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. The city of Atlanta would go on to progress over time and saw large population growth. An application for the Summer Olympic Games was successful and the world got to see Atlanta in all its glory in 1996. For us Irish, it was an interesting one. The name Mr. Shell Smith comes to mind, but perhaps it's best we don't go there. The city also saw the beginning of CNN and Turner Broadcasting. Alongside that, the city also is home to the HQs of Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Delta, Chick-fil-A and UPS. The city is also the film studio home for many greats such as Ant-Man, Captain America, Avengers and this one. I don't have friends. I got family. Yes, Dom Toretto and Fast and the Furious and his beloved family. On the sporting side, the area is home to the likes of the Braves on the baseball front, the Hawks on the NBA scene, Atlanta United in soccer and the famous Atlanta Falcons on the NFL field. Some famous names from the city include the likes of actor David Cross of Arrested Development, Keenan Thompson of Keenan and Kel, director Spike Lee, musician CeeLo Green, Gladys Knight and Kelly Rowland, and former president Jimmy Carter, whose birthday it is today as I write this piece. And one of my favourite actors of all time, Mr. Ed Helms. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her catwoman suits? And on the sporting side, names like Evander Holyfield and NFL stars Cam Newton and Michael Vick are among the best known of the Atlanta gang. Atlanta GA began in 1996, the same year as the Olympics were held in the city. Currently, they represent the city in GEA at both football and the small ball games at men's and women's levels. But don't let me give it all away. Let's find out more about the city among the hills and discover the world of Atlanta GEA in Georgia. The history. Yeah, so the parents came over in 89, uh, mom's Mayo, dad's Kilkenny, and then uh, they moved down here in uh, 96. And I've been in Atlanta. Basically, school was all in Atlanta. And then in summertime, I, I was basically in Mayo. And then I lived in Mayo for a year of my life after college just because I wanted to experience that. Cool. Um, and obsessed with Gaelic football and hurling because, you know, that's both sides of the family. That's all we yeah. know. <laughs> and whereabouts in Mayo did you end up? Uh, Castle Bar. Everyone's in Castle Bar. Cool. Yeah, nice, nice part of the world as well. Yeah, yeah beautiful part of the world. Um, I actually... I, I went to the All-Ireland this year. Oh, poor, poor you. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It was tough. I can say this. Uh, it's not easier being there in attendance watching it go down. Okay. It's a little easier watching it on TV. Yeah. And did you, did you come back specifically for the All-Ireland? Yeah, the club, wow. actually gets, the club actually got tickets, and I'm kind of the only mailman in the club. And the guys gave me the first ride of refusal, and I got ducks in a row, and I, I got to... It was a quick trip. It was five days, but I did spend some time in Mayo and see everyone after two years of the COVID. So it was a great experience, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. Have we? Is there is there, is there a direct flight? Is there from Ireland to Atlanta? So it's seasonal. It's seasonal. So right now, yeah. no. Basically, May to September, you can get mm -hmm. direct flights with Delta into Dublin. Um, but other than that, you know, Chicago, Newark, uh, DC, uh, JFK, and mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to get to those from here. They're all ninety-minute flights, you know, and then that hour layover and you'll okay. you're there in the morning you know uh, yeah have you been to atlanta yourself um no georgia, uh, georgia and the whole area is one the i've been to 20 i think about 24 25 of the states in america wow. um over different holidays at different times over the past maybe 15 16 years but um yeah, it's not one that I've been to, and I've chatted to quite a lot of a lot of clubs in in your area, and funnily, like none of them I've I've been to, which is um, which is kind of kind of weird, but it's nice to hear so much about them because it kind of gives you the the inspiration to go and to go and kind of visit them and you know find out a bit more about them. When I when I read up in the history of the cities, when I you know put out the podcast piece at the start and the history, it's always fun to I love read. That. Um, yeah. Um, my mates are big into, I haven't really got into it. My mates are big into NFL. So I would hear a lot about like the Falcons would come up mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, I understand the game. I just, I never really got into it as much as they did. I said that I would, I would be a Broncos fan because Denver, the mile high stadium was the first stadium I ever went to in America. Um, 
this season they seem to be okay. The last few years I've kind of not taken much interest because they were pretty shit. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, are you a Falcons fan then or? So I would, I would be, I would probably say NFL wise, like yourself. I would watch the game, I understand the game. Yeah. Into it as actively. Um, I would say I'm more of a Giants football fan because okay. I was. That's when I was born up in New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would go. To, I would cheer for the Falcons. I've I've gone to games. Um, you know, I I enjoy it. Uh, the team that I, the Atlanta team I support is Atlanta United. Um, okay. Yeah. Team and they actually won a championship the same year we won a champ our national championship in 2018. So uh, it's kind of a for me that always lines up in my head their championship with our championship mm. and I have some tickets to Atlanta United and I'm not sure if you've seen the bends the stadium that they play in yeah yeah uh, it's just immaculate man and it's like in our backyard I oh, definitely cool. definitely recommend a trip to the bends um in either Falcons or Atlanta United you can't go wrong oh cool I usually um I'd usually be pretty good on my soccer knowledge I'd be better on like 90 soccer but my mate now me would often just flick through the MLS squads to see if there's names we recognize, but who, who would be Atlanta's? Who would be the Atlanta, one so Atlanta's kind of flipped the script for MLS. Like the way that the MLS model was, was you take a player aging from Europe. Yeah. And then, yeah. So Atlanta's flipped it. And what they've done is they've bought in uh, South American talent and okay. brought it into Atlanta and they'll make a name for themselves in Atlanta and then Atlanta sells them on to Europe. So the biggest one right now would be that's done that is Miguel Almiron for Newcastle. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he was he was part of that 2018 season. Um and then our biggest name would be Joseph Martinez and he actually played in Italy for a while. Uh but we kind of got him in his prime. Okay. Um, so so yeah they've kind of flipped it. So you wouldn't have like a big name but you'd have a bunch mm. of upcomer young men coming in. Um, okay. And it's so a good model. It's worked so far. Yeah, I'll have to find myself uh, a way over. So um, I think Cormac yeah. is trying to get in here. Are you there, Cormac? Or? Yep, we are. Uh, Ray and I are here, guys. Oh, Grant, Hello. you can hear us. Okay, can you? Yes, we can. Oh, Grant. Hey, um, guys. Am I, am I right in saying this is Cormac McCormack of, of Westmead? Cormac McCormack. It is, yeah, yeah. That's me, all right. How, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. And what for your sins? How did you end up over in Atlanta? <laughs> Uh, work same as that's probably ninety five percent of people that go on the travel. We came over for two years and we're here thirteen now. <laughs> that's that's a story I've heard many times already. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah. Ray, where about you from yourself? I'm from Cavan. Oh, good man. And what part of Cavan? Uh, a club called Lavi. Uh, yeah. Virginia. Yeah, I've heard them all right yet. And uh, Cormac, am I right in saying you, you would have played with? Peter Tormey, is that right? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, what's your impression yeah. of Peter Tormey now that he's my brother's uh, coach? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you prefaced with that, Jay. No, <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I know he worked with the uh, Westmead under-20s there for yeah. a few seasons as well. So a uh, great player, and, and I, I'd expect him to take it on into the coaching side as well. Yeah, we were lucky to have him. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I still beside I was on the... I was in the stand, well, the stand out in Shandona for one of his yeah. first games a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, seems to have a good, uh, a good kind of system going with Roger Bridge at the moment. But uh, it's it's all good, positive stuff about him. There's no scandal, and that's that's useful to yeah. hold against him now. Ah, well, if you're not recording, I can give you a bit of scandal. <laughs> oh, I can. I can edit it all. I can edit it all out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so does that mean then you would have played with? Uh, would you have played with Finian and Connor Newman as well? Now, I'm a good bit older than them, so uh, but okay. I was lucky to play with them. We we won a champion, we won a couple of championships, one in 01, one in 06, uh, another in 10. So okay. yeah, and okay, uh, we're back down junior again, but fingers crossed they'll go back up intermediate this year. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and there's one of the I can't remember who has uh, Spider Donnelly, Mark Donnelly was another. Uh, That's from, I was in college with, with Spider and Manute. All right, so I'd uh, I've given him enough abuse over the years. I won't I won't annoy him anymore. So you uh, you start. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and uh, so the two he ended up there were work then, was it? But, but, well, uh, yeah, me a little different, a little more circuitous route. I uh, didn't come directly here from Ireland, but uh, had a spell in New York and spells in Toronto. And but I'm in, in Atlanta since '94, so 27 years. I'm a long time on the go, uh, Jason. Getting old. Ah, uh, no, not at all, not at all. I'm sure the legs are still working fine. So, and how do you find the the GA scene in in Atlanta nowadays compared to maybe a few years ago? Even 
Uh, it's a bit more vibrant for sure, as Mark maybe explained to you there. Uh, he's uh, you know, probably part of the young American core that have you know are probably the, at least half of the club right now. So mm. yeah, they're the the young the younger generation are great a, a great buzz. They got they get everything keep everything going well on the you know on the the media scene, social scene, and uh, you know they've been a great addition. Every one of them, you know. Mm. And uh, Ray, you were said you were in Toronto, New York, and stuff. Would you have uh, have you did you play with both of them when you were there? I did, yeah. Like I was pretty young when I came over first. So I played with the Cabin Club in New York. Oh yeah. Uh, played in the the final in '86 actually against Donegal. So wow. that's my probably claim to fame. Uh, then in Toronto, I played for a club called St Michael's. So uh, yeah. for so we played. Uh, they were they were one of the top teams. They've won a lot of championships. So. Uh, and then finally, that was one of the reasons there was another guy from that club, uh, Brendan O'Hagan from Armagh, came down here at the same time as me. And the, between that and for those pubs starting up and a couple of bartenders from Ireland and a lot of guys coming to the area because of the Olympics and whatnot and green cards uh, a little more prevalent. Suddenly there was a bunch of Irish guys in town and we started the club back in 96. So. Mm. Does, the, does the Olympics get men- mentioned much? Uh, does Michelle Smith's name come up a lot? It uh, wouldn't probably anymore. I mean, it's 20, I suppose, what is it now, 20, 20 25 years? Five years, yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of forgotten about it. And most of the young guys involved with the club wouldn't have been here for it or maybe been that much away. Uh, obviously, I would. I was here for all the, you know, all of the events. But uh, I'm sure Mark wouldn't even remember it. I know he was a kid here probably at that point. Uh, so yeah. that was my that was my first year in Atlanta. My parents okay. came. August 95 and I I remember thinking the Olympics would always be in Atlanta from then on (laughs) (laughs) yeah sadly sadly it doesn't doesn't appear every year unfortunately Uh, can I ask you just since you mentioned it uh, I'm not not gonna say too much I was born in 86 Um, I was wondering what what the 86 final was like because I've had some well not many but Patrick McNeilis who's in Jersey Shore GA played in a a New York um, final as well and ended up marking um, the guest uh, star for the day who turned out to be Pat Spillan. Uh, I wonder is anything good from the 86 uh, final that you well, remember? Well, we, we lost the game which was a bit surprising because we had a pretty strong team and like like the guy Mark and Pat Spillan, we had players over too we had Jared Power in the team Oh yeah. Uh, we had Bernard Flynn from Meath. My neighbour, um, my neighbour here yeah. <laughs> uh, we had uh, a couple of cabin lads, Stephen King and Jim Riley uh, we had Jerry McCarville from Monaghan um, you know, these guys were just over for either a couple of games or like Jerry Power, only one game. Um, the rest of us were there. There were still a lot of good players there, like Jerry Carroll of Offaly, uh, Paul Curran from Monaghan, and a good crop of cabin lads, Paul Galligan, Mickey McEntee. Uh, uh, gosh, uh, I'm trying to think of who else there. PJ Maguire was leading them. So we had a strong core anyway, and we brought players over. But I didn't end up playing on anyone huge. I think he was an underage uh, Dunny. A down player, Eugene McNulty, I believe, was his name, okay. and Union Ardoni Gold. So I wasn't on any big names, but Porrick Dunn was on their side, and of course, Larry Tompkins, oh, yeah. um, captain. Sure, I think who else they had that were big at the time. Uh, I think God, bless couple... God bless your memory. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you don't forget those players, you know, when you wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. a chance to play against them back home. So it was a pretty, pretty big day for me. Yes, that's uh, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Jeez. Um... God, I couldn't tell you who played last week. Never mind playing back in 1986. <laughs> uh, fair play to you. Uh, I always remember, you always remember roasting, right? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the tagline for the podcast. So you always remember a good roasting, yeah. Um, Mark, what's the uh, what's the the membership and stuff like with the club nowadays? Then, so the membership's going well. COVID kind of COVID kind of stopped everything. Atlanta's like a very transient town, so there's always people coming and going, and you know, life itself. People have different things going on. So we've kind of been on a big rebuild this year. Um, and as Ray said, we've kind of developed really an American core of like 10 to 15 guys now that are constantly coming out every week. We train on the Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, we were just down in Orlando last weekend with 16 guys. Oh, yeah. We had a great time down there. Um, so, yeah, we're just we're just kind of building into the goal is to have anywhere from 40 to 50 players actively uh, by January next year. And then hopefully have two teams competing at uh, different levels and hopefully having a bid for nationals going into it. Um, but it's, it's a lot of hard work because we're competing with a lot of different uh, social leagues and different sports. Mm-hmm. And in itself, there's just so many options for people. Um, so, you know, we just have to get our name out there and word of mouth goes a long way as well as social media. Um, but yeah, the ball's rolling in the right direction now. And it's an exciting time again to be a part of the club. Sounds good, yes. And Cormac and Ray, what's your uh, what's your roles in the club, or what positions will we expect to see you play on the field? 
Uh, there you go. My, myself on the committee, I'm assistant treasurer along with Aidan okay. Monaghan. Um, and then I help out on the coaching side as well. Still play a little bit. He's okay. being way too modest, Jason. He's a ball on the field. He's a baller as a coach. <laughs> He's from Barbrus and I'd still be expecting him to play until he's at least 70 or 80. There you go, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> tough, tough man nails. on the team. Yeah, yeah tough as nails, yeah. There's great medicine out there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great horse pills in Westmead. <laughs> <laughs> I said, there is, and Ray, how about you then? Well, I'm chairman of the club and have been for about okay. 10 years now. But uh, so just help the guys out any way I can, you know, in different different football was my main game. So obviously I lean towards helping that part of the club out the most and uh, try to make training as, as often as I can. But it hasn't been much lately. And, you know, any tournaments or whatever, we always try to be there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what the, about the what about the, the grounds and training and all that? Are you like a lot of places where it's a local park and you're kind of just trying to get there before everyone else does? Or have you got a specific area well, for yourselves? It's funny. It's funny you should ask that, Jason, because that that's probably one of our biggest uh, hurdles to get over every year. Mm-hmm. Because as Mark was saying, we compete with so many different uh, setups, yeah. and youth sport will always take um, priority over uh, adult sports. And um, so, when you get somewhere, you need to book it for maybe six, nine months in advance, pay it up front, make sure that uh, it's secure. Um, we have been lucky enough to secure two locations. Uh, pretty central um, but again another challenge you have in a city like Atlanta is when you say central um, 10 miles can take you yeah. 10 minutes yeah. or can take you a half other times you know yeah. so there, there are challenges that Bunbrusna don't face shall I say that, uh, <laughs> that we have to try and get over but yeah we've a, we've a really good structure in place there with like you know Marcus one of the younger crew with Paul Bradley there who's taken a huge role in the in the organization of the of the adult football at the moment you know so yeah things mm. are going well so it's like trying to get through the traffic lights in Mullingar basically that kind of that kind of there tough. you go yeah there you go yeah. when, <laughs> I used to joke I used to joke Jason with my my buddies back home you know we'd we'd be complaining about maybe having to play Milltown on a Wednesday evening and take us 20 minutes to get there and and Charlotte are are 400 miles away they're our closest competition at the moment over here you know so wow. <laughs> I, I was going to ask yeah I was going to ask actually what's the the rivalries and stuff like nearby um I suppose 400 miles is yeah. <laughs> most the most of length of Ireland really yeah, it's pretty good actually, to be honest. As, as Mark said, we went down to Orlando there last weekend. Mm. Sixteen guys flew down. Sixteen, seventeen guys flew down. Rivalry is more intense than you think mm. um, when you cross the white line. Um, obviously, Charlotte, Raleigh, Orlando, South Florida, uh, and then we have smaller clubs popping up everywhere now as well, like Savannah, um, Charleston, uh, Nashville. Lot, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Obviously. Uh, when the, when the, when everything's over, you shake hands, you have a beer, and uh, everybody's talking about trying to develop the the, the southeast. You know, so it's, mm. yeah, it's good. It's good. You still bait the heads off each other in the pitch, I presume. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. 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 Bumbusner man. Then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about the uh, the competitive side? Then you're you would be I presume the southeast division. Is that right? Or yeah. yes, that's yeah, and. Okay. and uh, there are obviously the weights broken out. We have junior A, junior B, junior C, mm-hmm. uh, and there are different um, conditions or what? What, what different different uh, setups? Route, yes, yeah, different rules, rules for each division, I guess. You know, uh, they, they, they've changed from year to year, Jason. With uh, mm-hmm. different amounts of Irish guys allowed play. You know, that's how they're trying to structure it and build the American base. And I don't even know the exact numbers. Mark probably knows better from playing this year, but. Uh, we're in junior B at the moment. Charlotte alternate between A and B. They're probably better, uh, better A side. But uh, so they're our main rival. And then Raleigh and Winston Salem make up generally C. And then D teams would be like Charlotte seconds, or if we manage to side and, and stuff like that. They're nearly all American in the D division. Okay. So that's that's the levels we're at here. And there's just me. They're the four main football clubs anyway. And then as regards hurling, there's. A good branch out into Tennessee and uh, I guess Knoxville, yeah. Nashville, yeah. Sharp team for a while, uh, and then every now and then Florida has a bigger push on with either football or hurling. So that's kind of the area we're, we're dealing with. And now Savannah and Augusta here in Georgia are, are, are getting going with mm. uh, hurling in particular. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, um, it's, it's probably a surprising thing is the amount of Americans who gravitate towards hurling first. Yeah. You know, a lot 
to our club to play hurling first because they've played baseball maybe or hockey or something and feel the stick game is their, to their liking. And then they turn out to be very good footballers as well. And, you know, so it's, that's kind of where the Southeast is at, is yeah. at for us. Mm. The, ladies, the ladies' game is quite strong as well. We have we have a very successful camogie team. Um, and then ladies' football is quite strong in Charlotte, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. They would have been senior champions. Strong, strong mm. Charlotte. Ladies' football. They're the yeah. senior champions in North America. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've kind of got that impression that um, the Hurland, which is, I may be expecting in some ways, but I didn't realise the, the, the kind of level that has been taken up. But most clubs in America that have come on have said, yeah, the Hurland one is... Uh, is, is becoming huge and the ladies one is I suppose in the past couple of months I've kind of heard that off a few clubs about the ladies one um, the standard kind of rising and um, especially in, in c- competitive level I suppose as well um, the other one that Mark uh, lads mentioned about um, about pitches some money and paying up front and stuff so what's the fundraising side like for you guys so we'll we'll work with local pubs we'll kind of rotate around a little bit um, we'll say like we're having a social event at this pub uh, and we'll do a raffle and like the, the biggest one we had last time was our camogie team went off to nationals uh, up in, was it Boston this year? So yep. we, it was around the hurling final. So we just put up a big social event. Uh, we put it out into the world. Um, we had a bunch of people come down. We raffled off jerseys, different gift baskets, gift cards to places. We raised over $500 for the club, um, kind of to send them on their way. And then we always do something once a month, just in a similar fashion of we're going to this pub and we'll have some sort of raffle. Um, big prize and then little prizes and that'll go into the pot for the club and then we also have a big annual golf tournament and that's probably the biggest driver um, and also a lot of fun on the day we get a lot of people that we haven't seen in a while and we all reach out to different friends um, it's it's a good day out um, and, you know again that's kind of something we're trying to get momentum again because of the whole COVID situation so you know kind of gearing up to what we want to have a base of uh, for January going into the Okay, and staying slightly off the pitch for another minute before I get on the pitch, what's a what's a good celebration night like with Atlanta? Uh, we have a few bartenders in the in the group. We have a few, <laughs> a few of us are young professionals that need to blow off some steam. Um, that, you, know, you can't always find uh, on the pitch. You, you got to take to that next level off the pitch. Um, yeah. So we, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we would be very we'd be very tight knit group. Uh, specifically, you know, the core group of us probably a good 20 guys the whatsapp groups always hopping um so yeah we we would again we'd rotate around to different things we go to different you know we were talking about atlanta united games the falcons mm. we get nights like that together as a group um we have a social golf league so it's it's a lot of fun and we, we look out for each other and there's always someone talking to someone you know mm. and cormac and ray you bring the from brosnan cavan influence to the to the sessions after we slow things down yeah. a bit <laughs> On, on, on the on the nights out, Ray and I can talk about before 10 p.m. Mark can talk about after 10 p.m. True, <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, you haven't gone out the full uh, American route that some clubs have said lately. Of uh, we're we're better at celebrating before we actually play the match than we are after. Well, that 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 can happen time to time, depending, especially if it's delayed or games cancelled. But um, you hope you if you have a heavy schedule, you can you can tailor it properly. Yeah, okay. because. Because of the distance between clubs, uh, most clubs will run a, like a, a one-day tournament each year. Mm. So that, that's that's kind of where you get your competitive games from. And to be fair, the the standard of organisation on those tournaments has increased over the last ten or twelve years that I've been involved. Um, okay. You know, it, it's it's fantastic. They, they they have a most clubs now have their own uh, tournament committees and they organise everything down to the last detail. So you know, running off the games. Uh, after after game celebrations, hotels, travel, all sorts of stuff. It's mm-hmm. a very professional event. And the yeah. Live bands and everything flown in, and it's, oh. the, the crack is uh, mighty, absolutely. Like we were in Orlando last weekend, and they had like a halfway to Paddy's Day celebration. They did a oh, yeah, I've heard all about those. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a great night. It was a, a phenomenal night. So yeah, it's it's really exciting, and, and you know, having four or five of those a year. Um, it, something to circle on the calendar it gets people out to train a little bit more because there's something to work towards you know yeah well you're down in Orlando you have Jimmy Flaherty from Carroll Rose down in Orlando there I'd expect I'd expect nothing less than a good night from a Carroll Rose man so uh, I, I presume yeah. you got good treatment uh, what about then on, on the pitch or even on the sidelines um, who then or I suppose what would be your kind of standout games that you've had in the past couple of years that, that spring to mind I think for me, you'd have to circle the 2018 season. Um, we had a good core of 30 guys. Um, 
and we won five out of six trophies, uh, wow. in, including in nationals. Um, we won two trophies in one day. We went to Winston-Salem and we won the Southeastern trophy and then went on to win the tournament itself in the same day. Um, oh. That that stands out. So I've played five years. That was my third year. And that, I mean, that that was peak. That was peak. Um, okay. But the other two might have other outstanding days. Oh, it still stand out for me, Mark. I've uh, been involved with the club since day one. So it was our first nationals to win as a football team. We had one. A hurling one in 02, I believe. Uh, they won the Camogie in 13. So, um, and the ladies footballers had lost, I think, three finals. So we've, we had lost three, our share of finals. So winning in 18 was still the, the, the pinnacle for me as well. Okay. <clears throat> and anything, uh, anything uh, Cormac, that you can think of? No, that, obviously that year was excellent. But we've had a, mm. we've had a few great one-off wins against our rivals, Charlotte, as well. Um, we had a great game, was it in 2013 against Cork, uh, Boston Cork? Yeah, all right. And, yeah, um, went down to the wire. One we, one we left behind, as Ray, yeah. Ray was pointing out, unfortunately. But, yeah, mm. we've had a, had a few good days, all right, yeah. That's good, Josh. What, what is the the rivalry with Charlotte? Is it is it quite a, a proper GA rivalry, considering they're your nearest, even though Tuss did be... Yeah. The other side of the world nearly but <laughs> I know absolutely Jason there would be they set up we set up in 96 and I think they set up around 99 or 2000 and for the first three four five years well three four years we beat them easily but man after about six seven years they really got on a level with us and by 2006 they bet us in the national final above in uh, Philadelphia so okay. at it we definitely have rivalry I mean we never want to lose a game against them whether it's an exhibition game a Southeastern Championship game, or indeed a North American game, it's, there's always severe rivalry. And there's a few guys like myself who've been around since day one. So, uh, I mean, the rivalry is definitely there. Okay. And what about them for the club? It's going to come up a lot, especially, well, not just the American clubs, but the grassroots level, the kids getting things going. Have you guys anything in place, or is there any hope for getting anything in place? Yeah, no, we, we've... Um, uh, there's what there's one one uh, person that have been driving it for uh, last what three four five years yeah yeah, um, yeah. Jerry um, and uh, the, the non the, again to go back to Mark's point you're competing against a lot of different yeah. uh, different sports um, but yeah the youth is is active um, and. Yeah, we're trying our best. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, COVID put uh, kind of knocked uh, the stuffing out of it. Yeah. I, I Jerry to in seventeen to the first nationals. We managed to put. Uh, an under eight team together and bring it to their nationals. Uh, the, it's called the CY, uh, CYTP, I think. CYC, yeah. CYC, sorry. Um, is the name of the it's Continental Youth Championship. And I mean, it was amazing. There was, we were in Buffalo and they had 15 pitches and games going for four days. I think there was something like 700 and something games played from right. under eight or 18. Uh, and uh, so to, to appear in that and play, I think we played upwards of five games. It was great exposure for the kids. Um, and that was the pinnacle. But unfortunately, uh, after 18, we couldn't go to it the next year because it, they moved the weekend and it, it, it landed the same weekend as school went back in. And we, we, we had a bunch of kids and parents couldn't go. So we didn't get to 18. And then uh, by nine, or sorry, yeah, by 19, then things were the same thing happened. And then last year, of course, COVID. So a couple of little things have, have kind of killed us here in Atlanta with it. So we just need to get uh, get back behind Jerry and help him uh, maybe get it back on track again. And we, we have run a couple of cool camps as well over the summers that yeah. have been well attended. I think the mm -hmm. first one we ran, we had about 60, 70 kids yeah. at. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we secured fantastic facilities down at Emory University for that first year. So, yeah, went okay. quite well. That sounds brilliant, yes. And what's, uh, what's the future like then, Mark, for Atlanta going forward? So the future right now is really to, um, we've kind of reevaluated things with the whole COVID. I think most clubs around the world are doing the same, mm -hmm. especially the international ones. The goal right now is to set a foundation, a sort of a base of a social group. Um, so we want to run social leagues um, spring and fall. And then summertime, we'll focus a little bit more on championship, but we'll run maybe developmental sessions uh, once or twice a week. Um, so right now, we want to get, you know, 50 to 100 members uh, socially in the club. Uh, we'd like to run both hurling, uh, co-ed, mixed, mixed uh, hurling and um, football groups um, and have that go on one night a week and then just build out from there. Um, I think a lot of us that are, have been in the club, it's, it's hard with the stop, start, stop, start. You kind of, after national so September, we don't talk football or see football for a little while. Mm. 
um, up until, you know, February when we get going again. I think we've kind of come together that we need to keep this ball rolling. Uh, it doesn't be as intense all year long, of course, but we need to keep the ball rolling and be active with our members and keep football and GAA top of mind um, as much as we can and give them a reason to come out. So that's the main focus right now is building that base, building that foundation, which I think we're well on our way to do. And as yeah. I said, 30 to 40 members right now. Um, we're a little bit ahead. We want to have 50 active members competing uh, on the football side by January. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> sounds super. Yeah, it's one that <clears throat> it's probably the probably the biggest thing I've got out of all the 50, 60 chats I've had with clubs around the world is that, and so many people message me going, I didn't even know this place had a GA club, never mind a club that has this many members or is this successful or is this much off the ground. So, you guys are definitely in the category of a uh, of a club that's well established and certainly well well capable going forward of uh, competing at the top level in America as well. Would you like uh, poss- possibly maybe the Cormac or Ray since you've been uh, playing a, a long time, would you like the possibility of uh, American clubs like in Europe, the winner of Europe to, gets into the junior championship in Ireland? Do you think there's room for that kind of thing for clubs in America to possibly compete at that level in Ireland in the championship? Yeah, absolutely. Like a set aside cost. Um, yeah, I, I believe the skill level is definitely there. Mm. Um, you know, and, and um, you know the intensity, um, skill wise, it's it, it's all there. Um, I think the more exposure teams get here, uh, the better it is. And it's I, I really see the growth of the J in the southeast is like is booming over the last three or four years. Obviously, COVID aside, but uh, yeah, I think it's be a great opening. I think our didn't yeah. our Camogie team, there was a Camogie team yeah. went from America here representing. Yeah, yeah the US. there was a. I'm not sure what you call it. Uh, was it the, the the native games or something or the World okay. Games, right? Non native. Uh, the 2019 had, World Games. Yeah. yeah I think that was we had two players. Uh, That's right. Two or three, maybe from our Camogie team, was on the North American team. They actually won the uh, Amer- I guess American born or foreign born uh, section of the of the champion, and they got to play in Coe Park. So, um, which was quite a, yeah. an achievement. But yeah, it'd be a great prize for somebody to win a, a, a championship over here and then get entered into a junior yeah. championship in, in Ireland. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's something I'd love to see it as well. I think it would just uh, it'd expand the game so much as well. So, um, yeah. there's uh, one last question then, uh, Troy, on the spot a little bit. And then there's a few quick fire questions and then a few specific Atlanta uh, themed questions. Now, there's no pressure on any of them. Don't worry, you're not being graded or anything on it. So, uh, but the last kind of question for the three of you, and you can have a think if you want, uh, is there any particular fun story, standout memory that comes to mind from your time? Uh, I was going to say with Atlanta, but I suppose I'll throw it out to an, an EGA time uh, in America or Canada for any of you. That's a tough one. Um, <clears throat> I think nearly every tournament or every weekend had an event you could highlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Major one. That's it. That's it. Let me think now. Wow, uh, yeah. that's a, that's a tough one. <clears throat> the biggest one for me is Nationals Weekend in Philadelphia. Obviously, okay. Um, we we had to fight back for our semifinal. I think we were down at halftime, and we we came back in the second half and blew the doors off them, and then just kind of rolled momentum into the final. And we had the final at eight a.m. on the Saturday morning or Sunday morning, eight a.m. Sunday Jesus. morning. So we had the final one by 9.30. We were we got back to the hotel and there's about 20 of us in a bed with the cup full of beer watching the All-Ireland final. Um, we had a few Tyrone boys on the team. So we were watching that. And then someone went out and got champagne. And by 12.30, we were well on our way and making our way back to the tent and nationals. And it was probably the best day ever um, in, in my life as a and member. Oh, brilliant. <clears throat> well, the two lads are thinking, actually, I meant to ask Mark as well, what kind of nationalities or even Irish counties have you got represented in the club at the moment, apart from, aside from Westmeath and Cavan, obviously? Yeah, we have we have guys from Armagh, Tyrone, we have a few Dubliners, we have one lad over from Wexford. You don't need him. You don't need him. Yeah, well, we, he actually won, he won us the hurling in Orlando this past weekend, so I'll give him first a shout out. Oh, he's a hurler, that's okay. I was going to say football, you don't need him. Yeah, he's studying. He's studying at Georgia Tech this for this year, so he's he's been a great asset to the club. Um, but yeah, we have there's some Galway guys. We have a Connemara man as well in our club. Um, I think there's one or two Donegal boys. So we 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 covered a lot of the map, and I'm sure throughout the years the two boys have 
sure we have covered the map. Mm. That's good, yeah. And Cormac Array, have either of you got a, a story that stands out for you? Uh, and maybe not as exciting as, as Mark's, but uh, I suppose one that'll stay in my memory was um, back, I'm trying to think of the year now, but uh, probably around 03 or 04, trying to keep things rolling when uh, we were maybe struggling with people behind the scenes. But we went to the uh, seven-a-side tournament in Fort Lauderdale. It was a big one at the time uh, in March of each year they were they were a strong club at the time they're not just uh, as, as big right now but they, they they brought over teams from ireland and everything it was a pretty big event but in order to get everybody there uh we had 10 players so i, I rented a minibus and i drove all the way from atlanta to fort lauderdale now that's a 12-hour drive um leaving on i think it was friday around noon getting in there about about midnight managing to grab a few beers and get up in the morning and play three games in like uh, mid-80s heat uh, and didn't do bad. We actually beat one of the one of the teams uh, out in New York. I think it was uh, Armagh or somebody. We actually won one of our games, which was great. Um, didn't make it to the playoffs, but I, that probably sticks in my mind as a as a, as a tough trip. Uh, you, you played on Saturday, partied on Saturday night, and got up yeah. Sunday morning. Got in that van again and drove straight back and got back about midnight Sunday night. That was. <laughs> That's yeah. a bit of effort, but we got it done. We were young enough at the time, I guess. That's a cracking story because you get uh, you get lads here. Should we lads complain about having to go twenty five minutes out the road to train and like so? Exactly. Yeah. I know. And uh, what was funny about it was on the trip back, uh, we were it, it was, everyone was pushing to get back because most of us were working on Monday, but mm. the guys were putting their hand up and shouting to stop off. I need to stop the bus. I want a wee wee. It was uh, <laughs> bottle, you know. So. <laughs> It sounds, just, like, uh, it sounds like me bringing my class on a school tour. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. And is yeah. there a, a, any other ones then that spring to mind? Uh, and then I'll throw a few quick fire questions at you. If there's, if there's I, nothing, no, you don't have to. Jeez, I'm not, not forcing you or anything. No, just one thing that brought it home to me years ago is we, were, uh, we, were, we went down to Orlando for a hurling game and we all met at, Dub- at uh, Dublin Airport, Jesus, at Atlanta. <laughs> 5 a.m. in the morning to rent two uh, two seven-seaters. We drove down. And, of course, down about, oh, I don't know, a couple of hundred miles into the journey, there was an accident on I-75. We got stranded on the road for a couple of hours, and the lads were actually hurling out in the middle of the I-75. Uh, <laughs> oh, the wow. Yeah, yeah. We got down a couple of hours late. We played the game and had a great night. <laughs> that's, that's last. Is there any photos of that, no? Uh, there is, actually, somewhere. I, I, seen one a, I seen one a few months back, all right. Oh, uh, if there was so, any falls that I'd love to see one of them. Yeah, you want to see, you want to see the, the, the. It was more interesting to look at the people, just thinking, "What the heck is going on here?" <laughs> you know, because we were stuck in the middle of the road for a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah. Just, you could have got a yeah. game going. I'd say if you put uh, what car, cars for goalposts instead of jumpers for goalposts. Street, street league, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interstate league or highway league, whatever way you want to call highway it. League. That's class, yeah. Um, I'll throw a few, few of the quickfire questions because I know you probably want to go back to watch a bit of the Ryder Cup as well. So, um, oh, no. oh, we no. don't. You don't? <laughs> All right, okay. It's, it's, it's that bad, is it? Is it? Well, it was bad when I was watching it earlier. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we probably, probably won't get any better, I'd say. Um, every GA club in the world, as you, you would know from Atlanta, from Brusner, all the clubs up in Cavan as well, has a, a standard, stereotypical, lunatic, tough nut on or off the pitch. Who is Atlantis? Hmm. Better, I guess that one's from Mark. We had a few down the years, but uh, <laughs> I know I can say it. There's a few current lads, but I'm, I'm, I think you guys know who I'm going to go with. Uh, he's probably my best friend on the team as well, Connell Gallagher from Armagh. Just an absolute head case on the field. Um, the sweet, sweet right boot on him, but Jesus Christ, don't get in his way. And yeah. off the field, he's just as mad. Um, Brilliant. He's a top man, but he would probably be my guy on the field. And I'm definitely glad he's on my side. Love it. I love him already. Sounds sounds like a legend. Uh, Cormac Array, are you part of the Marty Party or a Des Cahill fan club? <laughs> I'd probably go with Des. <laughs> yeah, probably no. I know him better. I actually met Des in, uh, he was out during the Olympics and uh, I brought him down to go to watch some games. He was staying with friends of mine in the area. So I got to meet Des, so I'd probably be partial on that one. Okay, fair enough. Mark, have you uh, a favorite out, Marty or Des? I'm going to go Marty um, because I actually gave him a fist bump. We were up in uh, New York when Mayo came over last. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was right after Mayo won the National League, and I think there was like 8,000 of us in this uh, Gaelic grounds, which only seats 
thousand, and I, for whatever reason, right place, right time, I gave him a fist bump as he was walking by into the Gaelic grounds. So I'm going to go Marty. Okay, nice. Um, <clears throat> toughest team, Mark, that you've ever come up against in your GA days. Ooh, uh, the team we face um, at Nationals, Delco, they were very, very tough, very athletic group of boys. Um, we saw that out well, though. I think we managed them. And then, uh, you know, the bitter rival Charlotte this year was definitely our hardest games um, against them. They're insanely fit. They played the game really well. Um, and, you know, you have to be switched on every second of that game or you're going to get caught out. Okay. <clears throat> Charlotte. Okay, and before I ask Cormac and Ray that one, um, Delco, I know I've I've seen them on online. Where where would Delco be in life in geography? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, in the stand, yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Delaware. That's outside Philly. Yeah, Delaware County. <clears throat> ah, okay. I didn't realize that. No, I I'd heard the name already a few times. Um, and Ray or Cormac, then the toughest team you've you've ever come up against, I suppose, in your GA days. In, in America first, we won't go from Brosna or, yeah. or any of that. I suppose hard to say. I didn't, uh, in my, I suppose when I came over first playing in New York, every game was a tough one. Uh, mm. You know, the physicality was, it was was a big step up in the 80s and, and playing against a lot of county players as well. They were just stronger. So every game I played in New York and, you know, I was on the receiving end of a few hits and uh, I got sent off a couple of times myself. So it was, it was hot and heavy every Sunday in Gaelic Park for sure. So, I couldn't single out any particular team, but they were all. I mean, it was mm. it was a big and back home in, in 1986. <laughs> so that that sticks in my mind. And then uh, I guess from the North American, I was probably toward the end of my time and mostly in goal. So I, I don't really have any big uh, any big big games to talk about uh, yeah. from a play. There were terrible yeah. referees in the 80s, weren't they? Sending you off. <laughs> well, was, was around. I mean, he definitely deserved to send me off on the day, but uh, we're bad all around. I mean, what was let go? Uh, there was some serious hits. I mean, the time I did get hurt, I was hit off the ball. So, uh, okay. going on back then, big time. So, yeah, sure. Patrick, Patrick McNeilis in Jersey Shore, he said Pat Spillane came up, shook his hand, punched him in the back, and then ran off. So, even here's a little story for you, seeing that you know Bernard Flynn, you can run it yeah. by him, eat him back home. Bernard got sent off in that final. Now, Bernard Flynn getting sent off, you talk about a travesty. I mean, the guy never lifted his hand. It was, the, it was the defender that was kicking him and hitting him from behind for the entire opening 15 minutes. Bernard got sent off after about 10 or 15 minutes with the other guy. And, and I, mean, we, I mean, it was a travesty because the other guy just went out there to do him in. And uh, so that didn't help us that day. Okay, so I'll have to ask him that. We'll have to, I'll be walking past his house, I'm sure. Some of the next few days, I'll probably see him somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cormac, is there a toughest one you've ever come up against? Yeah, for me, I suppose uh, the, the Cork team out of Boston that time back in whenever it was 12 or 13. Uh, and then, of course, anytime we play Charlotte, they always give us a fantastic game. Um, great, great, great club, great opponents, great, great rivals. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Um, if you could bring Atlanta to Ireland to take on a county, who would you most like a shot against? Ooh. Ooh. For, for me, being a Westmead man, I'd have to say they're long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it yeah any others yeah. you want a shot against <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna say Galway just the rivalry between Mayo and Galway I, I think that'd be a lot of fun okay I suppose I'd have to pick Tyrone being after what they've done this being from the north end yep sounds good so we're bringing them on a, a multitude of games around Ireland they'll see every corner of Ireland uh, and stuff they probably never thought they would see in their lives uh, <laughs> bringing them <laughs> to some parts um, you can choose Mark uh, the famous four in GA you can choose between hats, flags, scarves or headbands which one are you picking? hats, flags, scarves I think I bought a headband at the final the last day and I tied it around my wrist so I'm going to go with the headband okay and they lost so that clearly didn't work out very well <laughs> no 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 it's worked, okay. worked for me before on the other side. Kilkenny, Kilkenny's won a few with the head. Okay, um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, Cormac Array, <laughs> what about you then? I go flags. I, lo I love when I'm at home driving around the countryside uh, around county final time when you see all the flags out. Okay, yeah, sounds good. And Ray? Yeah. Same here, I'd be a, a flag, probably a flag bearer more than anything else, yeah. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, is there a favourite Father Ted episode in Atlanta, GA? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, we have a, we probably have a, a guy in the club that we nicknamed Father Ted, but uh, 
having been having been gone so many years, I didn't see all the all the episodes. Only a few highlights here and there. But so I leave that to the younger guys, maybe to. to yeah, uh, I, I think that's one of the shows we have to start introducing to some of the new the new American boys. Like there'd be some of us that would definitely quote Father Ted uh, in sessions. Um, I wouldn't say there's a specific episode. We're just you know always bantering away. But that's that's a good idea, Jason. That might be something I need to throw into the group. Yeah. And say, Getting culturally appropriated. We've got, yeah. we've got a Father Jack over here already. Right <laughs> so, he he will he will re remain nameless, but he knows yeah. who he is. He he <laughs> who shall remain nameless. I love a chat. Yeah. Um, love a chat. No, Father Ted is. Uh, it's like my. If I was put on mastermind, I'd be the first thing I go to. Um, kind of renowned among among friends for being able to recite all twenty three episodes off by heart. So it's a. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's it's one I always ask. So. Uh, and I may be putting you slightly on the spot here, um, but you can have a think as well. The greatest GA player ever in your lifetimes, who would you pick? Wow. Hmm. I have a little, po little poll of players kind of going, and I've got some well, interesting ones, yeah. <clears throat> I was going to say, probably being as old as we are, we've seen a lot of them, you know, so, but I suppose growing up, my most influential years, uh, the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, you'd have to pick Jack O'Shea. Brilliant. Yeah. And being a first, first, actually, funnily enough, as well. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if I can't pick Jacko, I'll probably pick the Gooch. Okay. Yep. He's come up a bit. Mark, is there a favorite you've had? Yeah. I, um, overall player, I would probably say the Gooch. Um, uh, biasly, Mayo wise, I think Lee Keegan deserves a shout. I think he's probably our best player ever. I don't know in the country itself. Um, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get behind the Gooch. Okay, yeah. Lee Keegan's name has been in the papers. Uh, well, on, not papers, online today. Um, Paddy Prendergast, the last survivor of the, that Mayo team, passed away. And There's no excuses now, Jason. There's yeah, no the, the ballet fullback, as they called him, they say that uh, Lee Keegan is kind of a modern-day version of him. So, yeah, Lee Keegan's name has been on Twitter a lot today. I've seen it going around. Um, and then a couple of random Atlanta-themed ones, because every team gets their themed versions. Um, Mark, maybe I'll, uh, I'll ask you the first one. Uh, we have a choice between... Um, where am I? Where am I? Uh, Atlanta-born Evander Holyfield, uh, or the Irish legend that is Kelly Harrington, Olympic champion. I'm going to go with Mr. Holyfield for sure. Um, okay. I actually have had the pleasure of shaking his hand as well. Uh, I think one of his sons was—I was a lifeguard, and one of his sons was a swimmer. Um, and he would pop into the aquatic center and watch some of the the training sessions. So he was a gentleman and a true tramp. So I'm going to go with Evander. Okay, um, and then Cormac and Ray, I'll throw this one to uh, you guys. Actually, Cormac, this one is just for you. Uh, well, who is the better footballer, Finian Newman or Connor Newman? Uh, you're breaking up on me now. I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one a few times. All right, Jeff. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a, an American term here, and I'm gonna plead Veto. the fifth. Yeah, plead the fifth. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, where I go? Oh, there's only one other one. Um, no offense, Cormac and Ray, but I'll ask you maybe now. Maybe I'm doing you a disservice here, but uh, I was going to ask Mark this one. But you can choose between the great Irish uh singer Samantha Mumba, you familiar, Cormac and Ray, with her work, yeah, yeah, no lovely, uh, or Atlanta born Kelly Rowland. I say I'd have to say Mumba because I don't have been, I guess, been too old. I don't know the Atlanta girl. <laughs> uh, she would be one of the Destiny's Child with Beyonce back in the day. Yeah. Ah, okay. I'll yeah. go. Mumba. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good choice. Um, and then Mark, I'm going to ask you this one. Uh, you can choose between Atlanta's uh, favorites, Keenan and Kel, uh, or Ireland's great duo of Dahi and Mora. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go bias Keenan and Kel just because I yeah. grew up in those guys more over here. So Do you know who Dahi and Mora are? I should ask. I feel like I would know their faces, but I wouldn't know like the work as such. Um, yeah, yeah, probably better off not knowing them in some ways. So <laughs> I'll go Ken and go. Yep. Can't believe you use Raj and Podge. Oh yeah, should have got Podge and Raj, shouldn't they? They would have been better actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I would have gone Raj and Podge probably because I do remember watching them over there. Okay, I should have gone with that one. Yes. Uh, and then Cormac, uh, last one to you. Uh, can Roger Bridge expect to win the intermediate title with Peter Tormey at the helm? One hundred percent, absolutely. Great. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, uh, I'll pass that one along. So best of luck to them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, is there anyone then, any of you want to give a shout out to um, anywhere in Ireland or around the world before I let you go? I suppose just what you mentioned, Rochford Bridge, we have a, our, we have a player on our, 
the former player from Rochford Bridge, he's actually in Ireland right now, maybe coming back today, Millie Fennelly, played with us okay. for many years. So uh, anyway, himself and Phelan Farrell, Phelan uh, grew up in Eden Derry, but was, I think, born in Rochford Bridge. They're both over there at the moment. I think they may be coming back today. So two former players. Um, yeah. So anyway, just didn't want to get off track. But when you mentioned Rochford Bridge, yeah. it just... No, it's good. So, yeah, the, the Bridgeheads are probably listening. They probably um, they probably recognise the name. Somebody will anyway. So, yeah, we were uh, just a quick story, Jason. Justin. Yeah, Ray mentioned about uh, Phelan. We were only over here, my family and I, about two weeks, and we were at mass one Sunday morning. And our youngest lad had a uh, had a Westmead jersey on him, and uh, all I could hear sitting up the, at the back of the church, I don't believe it. That's a Westmead jersey I see down there, and it was actually Phelan Farrell. <laughs> the first time I ever met the guy. You know? The GA jersey does wonders no matter where in the world you are, doesn't it? Yeah, true. It comes yeah. to story mass, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Is there uh, is there anyone else you want to give a shout out to it anywhere? I should look at just the home club back home and I suppose everyone in Gavin. That's it. Hopefully Lavi were playing the senior championship today. I believe they won. So they're tink- tinkering along well. Uh, a bit like Mon Brosnan, they've been up and down from probably junior to senior and back down in my time. Uh, but at least they've hung on senior for about 10 years now. So hopefully they can stay stay there. Sounds good. And uh, we yeah. expect Mon Brosnan to do wonders uh, this year as well, Cormac, yeah? Fingers crossed. They're going pretty well in the group phase so far. Um, I think they've had uh, three wins and one draw. I think they're playing Fene next weekend. So, yeah, ho- hopefully get out of the group and get a get a good draw against uh, the the senior clubs. You know, good, senior. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this one will probably be going uh, Aaron for a couple of months. But I'd say by then they might have uh, might be the advanced stages of the championship. Or they might have won it. Who knows? So we could be a uh, you could be celebrating by then. And Mark, is there anyone for you then? <clears throat> Yeah, just big shout out to all the family in Castle Bar. Um, I was with them a few weeks ago. So yeah, uh, it was great to see everyone and uh, we'll, we'll keep the flag flying over here in Atlanta. Yeah, super. Um, look, Les, thanks so much to three of you for giving up your time, especially on a Ryder Cup final date um, as well. Um, it's been deadly chatting to the three of you and uh, so good to hear West Westmead voice as well um, in the background. It's always nice, but uh, I really appreciate you giving up your time. I will keep in touch and let you know when this is going out. Um, but yeah, I'll keep in touch for sure. And thanks so much for coming on. And uh, the best of luck with Atlanta in the coming months. And uh, someday, hopefully soon, I'll get out there and uh, I'll get to see you in the flesh, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. More than welcome. And uh, thanks for doing what you do there and, and spread, spreading the gospel. Spreading the gospel, exactly. Yes. Thanks so much, lads. Yes, thank you. Talk to you soon. Take care. Sloan, good luck. Bye bye. Coming up the next day on the Loaf of Bread GA Global, we cut into our next slice. There's, it, well, there, there's another famous one about the Great Eighth. Um, right. the, the Great Eighth has to get a mention, I suppose. Um, so we, we went to the national finals with the A team and the B team. And the B team, we only had A players. Okay. So we were in our tournament and we had, it's 11 aside, and we only had eight players. So we... We kind of were asking teams, could you give us a lend of a player or this type of thing? And everybody was really hesitant and giving because going like that. We are Madrid, you now have players going. Like there's literally only eight of us. But we we got to the final. With eight players. With eight players, we got to the final. <laughs> and that's why we call ourselves the Great Eight. So there's um we left everything. We there there was uh, we were dead by the end of it, but we got hammered in the final by a Galician team. On Slice 43, I chat to Martin from Leash and Megan from Limerick to find out all about Madrid Harps GA and it's some crack. Here's we chat all about hostels in Valencia, Alvaro with his Cork accent, being European champions, having a star on the jersey, Rio Vallecano jerseys and Che Guevara hats and goals, the Great 8 team, Galician referees, the El Gasico rivalry with Barcelona and who the hell gave Jordan a red card on her debut, hashtag justice for Jordan. And how about a former Barcelona player captaining a winning Madrid side? All this and much more next Monday morning from 9am as we continue the journey with two slices a week. I'll see you at the Arrivals Hall but until then check out the various clubs on the Instagram page and see all the amazing work they do and some of the nicest GA gear going. Find the podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter and on TikTok. Email loafofbreadpod at gmail.com or just simply hit the follow button and spread the word of the Loaf of Bread GA pod across the globe. It's
Slonagy. <laughs>